Ohanga. My name is Bella, and today we will be speaking with Violet. So what kind of art do you do? If you can um, I make jewelry. I, de I design and I handcraft um, mostly uh, wire work and some stringing with semi-precious stones and precious metals. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so how did you get involved with art in general and um, specifically with your jewelry? Can you kind of walk me through that? Uh yeah, um, so I've always been kind of a creative person. I'm the youngest one out of nine kids and got a lot of um, influences from my older siblings. And um, so, I used to like to really write and do things with my, you know, kind of brain and, you know, just not like physical art. Um, and then I did photography for a little while and um, was really into that, but I really never had a good dark room space. So I kind of abandoned that. And uh, when I moved out to California in 1985, my camera got stolen and it just was a big deal. Yeah. So anyway, I ended up making, um, you know, a bunch of friends when I moved out West and we, it's the town that I moved to is Santa Cruz and it's a very artistic community or really was at the time. And um, so a group of my friends and I got together and we did a thing that we call culture nights. And we would just all get together and we'd watch, you know, movies or, um, we'd all bring our art projects mm -hmm. and everybody would do a different, you know, whatever they did. And I, uh, at that time was doing, making cards because I lived on the West coast and my family was on the East coast. So I did a lot of paper cut cards and things like that. Um, but I have six sisters and one of my girlfriends was a really nice jeweler. So she taught me how to do basic beadwork. And, um, I started, you know, sending that to my family for Christmas presents and things like that. And that was in the, like, like 1988, 1989. So it was a long time ago. Um, and so that kind of evolved from there. Everybody really just right away encouraged me and picked up on my work and um, encouraged me to sell it basically. So slowly, 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 I started doing that and, you know, and just kept on that trail. Yeah. <laughs> and that's where I am today. <laughs> Yeah, so um, did you find jewelry a bit more rewarding than photography or how did you kind of balance all these different types of um, mediums that you... Yeah, no, I mean, it was really just super practical. It was a, you know, practical uh, application because I had all those sisters and we always exchange Christmas presents and it, it, I was just like a young, you know, girl living on the East Coast, I'm on the West Coast, so... Um, and my camera got stolen. And once that was gone, it was like, oh, wow, I can't do that anyway. So, um, so yeah, I just started spending all my time making jewelry. So it just, you know, that's why I, um, I kind of let that go and moved on to another path. And that's, that's just how it worked out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you're, um, you said you have nine or you have nine siblings. Um, and you know, you, you were always, um, the entire family was super creative. Um, no, I'd say some of us, um, you know, some of my, some of my older sisters, uh, were creative, but, um, one of them is funny because she's more like, she was really into photography as well. And she was into uh, pottery and, but she ended up being a hydrologist and she was funny because she was like, I was always a scientist. I was like those science-based sort of creative outlets. Um, and, you know, they're all creative in their way, but nobody, um, you know, everybody else lives a more traditional life and nobody's really 
uh, practicing uh, art mm. that much anymore. Yeah. And did you always know that this was kind of something that you wanted to pursue? Um, yeah, I always knew I wanted to have a creative um, life. I always knew that I wanted to be, um, I always, I never really thought when I was young that I had any, you know, real talent, but I had a lot of friends who did. So I was always trying to get them, like be their manager, trying to get them into stores, trying to get them into, you know, make more and do more. And, um, you know, it just kind of evolved that it was like, oh, I do, I am, it is, you know? And so, yeah, I did always know. And, and it's one of the things I'm most, you know, at this point in time, grateful that I have a creative uh, life because that's what I always wanted when I was a kid. So would you say that there was um, any person in particular that really influenced your artistic pursuit? Um, yeah, for sure. Well, first of all, that small group of women that I got together with, um, we got together, you know, monthly or biweekly, whatever. Um, and that there are too many to mention, they came and left. Um, but one of my greatest mentors, I would say, is a jewelry designer from Santa Cruz. Her name is Kate Nolan. Mm -hmm. And um, she started a, a gallery that still exists today, um, back in, I think, like the early 80s. Um, but she's no longer the owner of the gallery. It's, she sold it. It's, it was a success for her. But um, she, she owned the gallery, and I was a young, just jewelry designer doing it hobby, you know, like as a hobby. Mm -hmm. And um, she hired me, and she made me the manager. And she gave me a shot at selling my work for the first time. And she also gave me the greatest advice because she was a high school dropout and, um, you know, she, she didn't have any kind of education, but she had a fantastic eye, has, she's still alive, um, fantastic eye and a, um, a, a, you know, she's a great jewelry designer of, be, you know, doing, doing beadwork mm -hmm. and um, she, she's just so creative. And so she just sort of really um, encouraged me to just be true to my, you know, to not worry about, because sometimes you feel like, oh, I never went to school for this, and I taught myself, and, you know, I did it as a hobby, and now it's a job, but um, she was like, don't worry about any of that stuff, just be, trust your instincts, um, you know, be true to your craft, uh, spend time with it, work on it, and have an open mind, and, you know, you should go far, and so I would say she was probably the biggest influence in my on my journey and where I am today because I was under her wing for a few years and just admired her so much and took her advice to heart. Yeah what would you say um, motivates your art primarily you know why the specific style and what about it um, speaks to you? Um, yeah I always laugh because um, I'm like oh, the older I get and the bigger I get the more small and delicate my work gets, you know, I used to do this big chunky stuff when I was younger. Um, what really motivates me now is I'm trying out new techniques. Um, I, I like the, um, the pandemic really cut some of my supply chain and made the existing supply chain more expensive. Um, so I think challenges um, in my in my industry and in my own you know in my own work are what really motivate me to want to just keep going forward and, and get better and and find creative ways of solving my problems and making my jewelry still be um, delicate and feminine and and something beautiful that people want to wear. Um, and what would you say is the main um, inspiration that you've had for your jewelry? 
definitely the main inspiration for me is Nate is the natural world. Mm -hmm. um, uh, not only it's just the color combinations that you find in nature that are so unexpected. Mm -hmm. um, you know, instead of like looking at fashion and, and what trends are and what people are wearing and whatever, I get inspired by like, if I see like something really green next to something really orange and it's like, oh, I mean, like not somebody, you know, that's not necessarily going to be what somebody's wearing, but I just think it's just looks so great. Mm -hmm. And it's why I use all natural stones. Um, I don't use any crystals or um, no, not that anything's wrong with that, but I don't, I try and use actual earth stones that are naturally formed and colored and um, because that's where you really find the color combinations and the, the feeling of the earth. And so that's what I, where I get most of my inspiration. Um, <laughs> has there been any type of like evolution throughout your, all the different art themes or have you always been very struck by um, nature in your journey? I've always been very struck by nature. Um, it's especially when I, you know, I've just been back on the East coast for about six years now. And um, I, one thing I, I really find limiting here is the weather keeps you inside a lot. Whereas on the West Coast, I was out all, you know, outside all the time and being inspired by, you know, um, you know, being in the forest, the different, the dark greens against the grays and the browns and things like that. But on the East Coast, um, I find uh, like icy days bring out something in, in, in my palette and things like that, so. <laughs> um, the work that you've done from um, the West Coast and on the East Coast, um, do they vary at all in style or are you always just kind of drawing from both experiences? Um, I'm always drawing from both experiences. Um, uh, I find, like, you know, I said, when I first started, I was doing some really kind of tribal things and um, really chunky and big, amber and, and uh, turquoise and stuff like that. And I think, you know, that was sort of the vibe in the early, late 80s, early 90s in California. But I, I gravitated and evolved into the more delicate wire wrapping and the very, very smaller, um, I don't have anything on, but, um, you know, more delicate jewelry. And, but it has, it's like elegant, but it's still casual. It's, it's stuff that you can wear every day or you can really dress it up. And the casual, I think that aspect of being sort of uh, elegant and yet casual um, is the East meets West kind of vibe that I have mm -hmm. conjoined. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you're talking about nature always being so present. Um, is there a particular reason why that theme always emerges? Do you have a special draw to it or is it just, um, how would you say like, that has always, you know, yeah, um, I find nature's uh, like being out in nature is like being in church for me. It's where I find my spiritual grounding. It's where I get my inspiration. It's where I go when I need to be, you know, uh, free from my mental cares and things like that. So, and then you're there and you think you have, you know, all these problems or whatever, and you'll see something just so beautiful that it touches your spirit, but it also inspires your creativity. You see, you wanna put that together some way. And even if it's just the color or the feeling of the colors is I guess what I always kind of get, what I really draw is the feeling of the colors and the, the, the natural stones when I have. Sometimes you want that really earthy like turquoise or then you want the sparkly, you know, blue highlight or something like that. So yeah, that's that's where it comes from. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So what obstacles would you say that you have um, faced and overcome in the pursuit of your art, either, you know, from early on when, you know, you had your camera stolen to dealing with COVID, just kind of um, anything and everything that you've um, faced? Yeah, um, well, you know, money is always one of the biggest obstacles, <laughs> whether you're making it or whether you have enough to buy supplies and to keep yourself stocked in stones to keep your, you know, your work continuing um, as you try to expand, because I'm always trying to grow and expand my business. And sometimes you find yourself, uh, you know, stuck, you don't, you can't buy any supplies, so you can't, you know, make anything else. Um, and then, you know, as a jewelry person and a jewelry artist, there's so many jewelry people and so many jewelry artists that sometimes you feel um, like, oh, you're just another one in the crowd. So it's, it's not necessarily an obstacle. That was one of the things I learned from Kate was there's room for everybody and, you know, everybody has their own. Um, but sometimes it feels like an obstacle when you're, when you're struggling and then you're just like, oh, brother. There's somebody right there, you know, <laughs> but I, I would say the biggest obstacle really has been money. I mean, I've been free. I've been encouraged. Um, I've had the, the tenacity and the desire to continue when I've um, been struggling, but, you know, sometimes it just comes to that wall and it's usually a financial wall. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, again, you kind of hit on our next question <laughs> talking about is um, how you kind of felt with or um, dealt with, you know, these misconceptions in art and just the general stereotype of the struggling artist. Yeah. Um, yeah, I found that to, that's an interesting question, really, um, because I'm a full time jewelry person as well. Um, I find like people don't understand it. They don't get how you could do it. And um, it's just there's no like. I mean, there is, but in general, in society, there's no box, you know, for somebody like me. And um, I found even like with COVID, like trying to fill out grants and things, like, it's like, oh, what are you, you know, it's like, oh, this is what I do. It's just me. And this is how much I make and this is how much I lost, you know. But, um, you know, people just assume things about you because you're in, uh, like that you don't have money for things a lot of times. And I had a, a relative um, who, when I first moved back to the East coast, just started giving me money every month mm -hmm. and she would save up this money. Not that it's not, you know, I, it's not lovely, mm -hmm. but it's just, she never even asked me. She just assumed I didn't have money to pay health insurance. So she gave me like, she calls it my allowance and she, she would give it to me every month. And it's sort of like, hmm, like I, I'm not doing as poorly as you think I'm doing. So um, I think that's sort of it. The you, you are struggling, but it's your own struggle. And when you need help, you find the help. And But people just assume because, you know, they'll say things to me sometimes like, um, oh, you're still doing that jewelry thing? Mm -hmm. And it's like, I've been doing it for 10 years. Like, it's not a thing, you know, it's like my job. But um, people don't understand that. And they make assumptions about your um, status. Mm. And um, it's, you know, it's, it, it can be sort of discouraging. Not, I, I don't know if that's the right word. But um, even though I just try and be grateful and remember that I don't fit inside the box. And people just really want to always put something in a box and understand it and relate to it in that way. So Mm -hmm. that's I think you know the biggest sort of challenge of being you know a struggling artist is the assumptions that other people make in the boxes that they try to put me into that don't always fit 
So I'm going to transition a little bit more to the technical side. Can you kind of um, take me through your whole, um, your process of creating your jewelry from um, inspiration to like early design ideas to the actual work to like your workspace, kind of everything with that? Okay. Um, well, that was, you know, one of the questions is, is it messy or clean? It's always messy, always, always. Mm -hmm. um, um, but uh, somehow in the chaos, I like that, like, uh, if there are a lot of things on the table, um, I, I, you know, have to clear them off, but I see a pattern sometimes that I wasn't thinking of before. So that, that helps some, me sometimes. Um, uh, how, I don't know. I, I don't use like a lot of bead people use it like a bead board and they use things like that. I don't do that. I'm very, I'm self-taught and I just, um, I get an idea and I, I just, um, especially cause I do wire wrap. That's why I'm always doing this. Cause I, I use two pliers and I wire wrap and then I cut and then I, um, and I, I just start a lot of times I'll just start, like, I'll be like, you know, again, let's just say the green and orange again, I'll, I'll just be like, Oh, I'm really motivated by that today. And I'll just start making something. And, um, sometimes it leads a totally different place than I thought, like I'll add blues and whites or, or just switch it to like, Oh, there's a little orange and a lot of green or, you know, something like that. But, um, I don't use bead boards. A lot of people lay everything out before they begin. I, I really, I don't do that. I have sort of a really spontaneous and sometimes it wastes my time. Sometimes it's frustrating because I think in my head and then I, you know, try and make it work and it, it doesn't and it's not, not, I have to take it apart or put it aside. I hardly, I have a whole stack of things that need to be taken apart because I just went, oh no, that's not working. Um, but uh, yeah. And so I have a messy space um, and I'm very spontaneous about my designing. Mm -hmm. And um, I use uh, I use like four pliers and hammers because I hammer the wire down too. Um, right now, that's about all I'm doing. I'm not doing any soldering at this point. Um, I I have in the past, but I, I right now I'm just doing all my own fabricating, and um, I don't really have a space for the chemicals and the flames and stuff like that. So, um, and I like it. Some days I like it really quiet. Um, on days when I'm really just trying to create. Um, so I say this all the time too. Some days I'm creating, some days I'm manufacturing. Mm -hmm. So on my creating days, um, I usually like it really quiet. So I either like really, really quiet music or just silence mm -hmm. while I work. Um, but on days when I know what I'm doing, when I have a production schedule and I know, you know, what I'm going to make that day and what needs to get out and, you know, what needs to get invoiced and what needs to have, I have some really upbeat, you know, like I listen to a lot of punk, I listen to a lot of um, ska and reggae, um, I listen to a lot of rock, you know, a lot of like new wave and stuff like that, that's got a lot of energy and can keep me in that energetic mode. Mm -hmm. So, Sorry, I just have a follow-up question about, um, from early on, can you talk to me a little bit more about um, your days in Santa Cruz? We were talking about um, that group of women that was yeah. really encouraging um, on your, and you know, inspired you and helped you with um, just your creative journey and um, jewelry in general. Can you talk a little bit more just about them and um, um, kind of how they helped you um, uh, figure out where you wanted to go with jewelry? Yeah, um, well, Again, um, we everybody would do something different. There was like one or two people who made jewelry, but they didn't always bring jewelry to the night. They they did a lot of little crafty things, and um, and some people you know knit, some people painted, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and we would all just sit there and you know drink wine and do our thing and talk and laugh and whatever. And when I started, I finally, I was like, hey, I need to, to know how to, I want to learn how to do the jewelry because I'm in a, I'm, you know, in a position where I really need that. And um, so my friends were really patient with me and they taught me um, because at first I was I'm, I'm a, like, I'm sort of dyslexic. Mm-hmm. I've never been diagnosed, but I'm definitely that kind of person who it's like, I don't learn well, like reading something I need to do it. And so, um, so it was really helpful to them when I was like backwards and they'd be like, no, try it this way. And, mm-hmm. um, and then as I took off with it, then they would encourage me, they would have home shows for me where they hosted and invited all the people they knew. And I would come and just do my, you know, trunk show and, and just being creative people in general, just being dedicated to living a creative life Mm -hmm. as young. We were very, you know, we were young women at that time. Um, I think I must've been like 24 and they were like between 22 and 28. Mm -hmm. And so we were young and, and, and they were just all dedicated to living whether it was a creative career mm-hmm. or just always being a creative person and, and they all are mm-hmm. um and as adult women um you know that really really inspired me and it was different from my group of friends because I had you know again I left Rhode Island I was 22 and I left Rhode Island and I had a group of friends here and different from them I mean we were we were into music and but it was all outside of us we weren't creating anything we were ex- exploring other people's creations this was a group of people who were creating and encouraging you to create and um and and when you when I you know when I or somebody else felt like oh I can't do this and I rot and everything's awfully how ugly is this you know Mm -hmm. Uh, they're like no no just do it there's no mistakes in art you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) so so you know yeah without them and without those that uh, well, you know, I don't really know that for a fact, but I don't think I really would have gotten onto the, this trail if I hadn't been in that group and known those women at that time, especially. So when I was free, <laughs> young and free. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Thank you for that. I was just a little bit curious. Okay. Um, okay. And then the next, you know, main question we have is, what your ultimate goal um, for your art is. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of an interesting question, especially as a jewelry person and not like a painter or something like that. But um, I really, my ultimate goal is that it continues to support me, that it, I would like to support others. I would like to grow a little bit, not just be a single, you know, one man band, but to have a couple of employees who I can offer um, you know, a, a nice working environment. I dream of having like some people working in the studio, some people working on invoicing and things like that and offering like having somebody come in teaching yoga classes and, you know, things like that, like having a really nice work environment for that. But generally I, you know, that's, that's sort of a, was, you know, I, I don't know where I'm going with that at this point. COVID really put a damper on <laughs> forward uh, you know I feel like I'm sort of starting again with after a year of almost off um, but yeah ultimately I would like um, my art to continue to support me to grow my business to grow and th- that my work um, offers people like a treasure 
you know, offers people something that they, that makes them feel happy and that they love and that they treasure um, when they get a piece of my work or when they buy a piece of my work or a gifted it or however they, they come to own it and wear it, um, that it is something that they, they treasure. Thank you for that. Um, I think that's pretty much everything. Um, the last one we're wondering is if there's anything else about you, your journey, your art in general that you um, think is important for us to know or anything else you want to add? I feel like I covered everything. <laughs> I probably said more than, <laughs> talk no. more than most. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, I mean, I just, I think um, art is very important. Um, I, you know, however you, everybody's an artist and I don't think everybody embraces that idea and I think um, it's so important to have it in the world uh, in our schools um, you know just available for people to see and maybe say huh I could do that or um, wow that just made me feel like like great or you know some reason so I'm um, just that's the only other thing I guess about me and my thoughts on art <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.